You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited today to talk to Michelle Huff about testing at scale. So, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. All right, before we dive in, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are? Yeah, so I guess a little bit about me. I, uh, I'm the CMO for, for user testing and, and how I got here. My Most of my career, I've been in tech, you know, and, and really working actually quite a bit in and marketing tech for for websites and portals and marketing automation and data and 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 here at user testing it's it's always been about I think being curious and trying to understand what it's like to be your customer and user testing gives you an amazing way to do that so I, I've I've worked for really small companies and startups to some of the large companies like Oracle and Salesforce and and loving my my scale up size here at user testing. Nice. I also want to give a shout out to Mr. Brendan Dell, who actually introduced me to the company user testing because I was on a call with him and we we're talking, you know, narrative stuff, which is what he does. Which is, by the way, he's great at. So if you are <laughs> looking to embark on a narrative strategy project, I would highly recommend you work with Brendan. He's awesome. And, and we're, there's one day we're on this call and I'm, I'm asking him like, hey, you know what? Like I, once we go do all this work, like how can we test it? Right. And he's like, well, you should talk to the folks at user testing because they can actually do this. And, and then I'm like, well, <laughs> Does user testing need our product? That, that was kind of selfish of me, but but that, but that that's how I got to learn about the company. So excited to like get in this conversation. Definitely. All right. So let's actually define the word testing as you guys think about it. Like every word has like seventeen different meanings. And when we start, I totally want to make sure that like we are setting the context up for what the conversation is going to be about, so the executives that listen to this podcast can take something away. Yeah, no, it's, it's actually, it's an interesting thing, you know, being in marketing, having a name like user testing, it's the the wonderful thing where it kind of says what we do, but then at the same sense, it, it kind of is very limiting <laughs> from uh, how people might might think about user testing. But maybe I'll describe it. I, I think about it in two parts. So maybe in the first kind of part, in the most basic sense and definition, you know, I think of testing as a core component of continuous learning, right? I think it's just so fundamental to having a growth mindset, fundamental to being customer centric and and really trying to deliver these exceptional, these great experiences. And so testing, you know, really starts first with a question or hypothesis, right? And you're trying to actually test to discover maybe new problems, discover different types of challenges and needs that people have. You might also test because you're trying to design or validate concepts or ideas, or you might test because you're launching and you're trying to optimize what you're actually creating, whether it be a product or service, app, brand, or experiences. So it's really testing is all just foundational to more of this iterative kind of learning process. So that's like how I think about just testing. But what's interesting in this like more broader sense, I laugh sometimes when I, I hear user testing, it's kind of become almost this generalized term. Sometimes I talk to customers and they'll say, once they start getting going, executives and other people are like, did you user test that? Did you user test it? It's almost like Kleenex yes. where, you know, where you just kind yep. of say, did you yep. user test it? And I think what they're really meaning there is 
did you seek to understand what a customer might actually think about what you're doing? Right? Do you understand it from other perspective than your own? Because you you're not your customer, right? And in that sense, I think it's a broader definition. It's a broader sense of trying to understand a diverse customer perspective, see an experience through their eyes and point of view, and really try to to either see if it resonates, validate something that you're building, and really help you just build these better experiences. So that that's kind of how I. I think of them in those two different parts. Fantastic. Let's talk about the past, present, and a little bit of the future. Maybe let's just talk about the past and present of testing, right? Yeah. Because this was not something that was known to people or a muscle (laughs) that they knew that you to create, right? People would just say MVP and out there, MVP and out there, right? Like that's the that's kind of the the tech mentality, right? And then testing came in, and uh, and it's actually it's actually a a product lifecycle concept, right? More than a, a mark, go-to-market concept. So share with us a little bit about, like, as you've learned from, with your time, at like the, the past and the present of the state of testing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm old school. I've been in tech for years, like since the 90s. And, uh, right, this is, I remember when some of these product releases would take several years to get out the door. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, oftentimes that was kind of the state. And so you would be, you know, talking to people potentially along the way, or maybe not at all. But I I do feel like, you know, what the shift over all these years has been more to agile, right? I think uh, started first in kind of the world of product, but I I see marketing teams, a lot of teams kind of moving much more towards these kind of agile processes and staying in, in, in coordination with the pace of the business that way. User testing started 14 years ago, really when all of this started kind of happening. And it it first started um, growing with kind of design and usability and UX research. Um, It's really kind of expanded really since then. And I would say it's the idea of getting customer feedback um, has up until now been a lot more data centric. Right. And so, so much about the testing is either one, wiring in a lot of the analytics so you can start to understand how people are actually using and and, um, your product or your digital experience or using surveys and different types of tools. So there's all these ways of trying to get input and feedback from data because that's what's been able to scale towards these iterative processes. Trying to actually see something from a customer's point of view has always been like, focus groups, right? <laughs> or labs or, you know, where people be like, can I watch you and how you would use that? And and right. that's always been more like the idea of doing that. People are like, I don't have time for a focus group. Like that's going to take, you know, just like three months and ton of cash. Like I can't do it. And so it's always been data centric. So I'd say what <laughs> it was funny, even joining user testing. I think when I learned about what they did, I was like, where have you been on my life? Like, I, I, I like didn't it. realize, so similar to how you read the conversation, you're like, I wonder how I could test this or get feedback. And they're like, well, why don't you just try user testing? And and there's this moment like, what? Does that help me? And like, I, what what do they do again? And I feel like it's my, my core job in, in marketing right now is just how people understand like what we do is possible. The idea that you could be trying to understand and get feedback and then over 80% of what we deliver, you get it back within a few hours. So the idea of kind of hopping into a conference room with a colleague or asking your spouse or your mom, like, what do you think? I'm writing this marketing message or I'm building this campaign. Like, what do you think? The idea of actually 
understanding it from your actual target audience, from your actual customers, you can do now. And it just kind of fits within that whole pace. And I think that alone, just the concept of doing is can be pretty transformational. And it's, it is kind of like starting a new muscle, because sometimes people might get in the habit of, of kind of learning with just one use case. And then suddenly you go, well, you know, you don't have to just get it for like a live site, like that you've spent all this energy and time building, you can kind of get the feedback earlier, maybe when you're building it, or hey, I don't know, like, maybe, maybe you're actually doing all this based on inaccurate assumptions of the actual problems and needs, like maybe you take a little time actually trying to better understand that. And so, or did you know, you can kind of get people's feedback on something that's not just your experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do other people perceive the competitive landscape, <laughs> the alternatives that are out there. And that, that can be kind of mind blowing for people because suddenly like, that's true. You know, like all the things that you can actually talk to someone about and understand the perspective and get feedback can really be brought into different kind of parts. Everyone needs to understand if you're building or creating something, how it impacts those end users, impacts those audiences. Yes. And it, it actually focuses you to focuses you on understanding the output versus the inputs, I guess I would say. And then uh, you kind of get to the iterative process, which leads with the next question, which is, can you share from your experience, your framework or your mental model for people or specifically executives, actually, right? For when they think of testing as a process or as an initiative that they want to build the capability or the competency in-house, how should they start? How, how should they think of it? Yeah, yes, yeah, with all new things. I think sometimes if you try to boil the ocean, it's too much. So I think start with something, um, you know, small and with impact. You know, some of the things that um, that just even internally at user testing, I want to be my own best customer. And so some of the things that we've done is uh, specifically when it comes to optimizing the marketing funnel, right? So I'm kind of speaking in some sense of the marketing world. I can explore, you know, other parts too. But when it comes to, to conversion, I mean, how often as a marketer are you staring at the data? <laughs> You're like, what does this mean? Like, why are all these people not converting? Why are they why are they dropping off? And what might be wrong here? And suddenly the open rates aren't working as well or you know, aren't as high anymore. And you're 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 just constantly trying to understand why and and you're you're usually throwing different ideas out there. And so I, you know, my team starts kind of testing now different things like um is the message even resonating? It was it was interesting for us doing some initial work where, you know, something simple like a, a digital ad copy, they were trying to target a specific audience and you're a marketer and, and you know, you're always told that you're supposed to be short to the point, skimmable, right? Like so they can click. And then one of our core audiences <laughs> came back with this resounding, like they refused to click on it until they knew more about what was even in the white paper in the first place. And they wanted to know, like, so it just, it looked way too long. It didn't look like anyone, but our target audience found that to be so much of a better approach. And so, you know, you, you realize, oh, well, maybe you're not getting the high click-throughs because your message isn't resonating. They'd prefer it just to be articulated in a different way. Or maybe um, the offer isn't that impactful. So sometimes we've tested like, you know, okay, would if there's different offers, like which ones would you find more interesting or relevant or valuable? And so we first started with just kind of these simple ones, but that could have high impact because if you improve conversions, right, it's directly tied uh -huh. to revenue. It kind of gets those yep. muscles and motions going. And yep. then on the flip side 
other things I've started doing is really trying to make sure my entire team is just so much more focused in understanding customers. And so I build it into my uh, monthly all hands. We always have time for what I call customer empathy hours. And so uh, we take some time to watch videos together to understand kind of our buyers, some of the challenges and problems that they have, their reactions to different things in the market. And we, we study them together and we talk about them and, and I've built them into exercises we've done as well. But a whole part of it is getting all of us to have a shared vocabulary, a shared understanding of actually who we're talking to. Because otherwise, right, there's kind of personas and you just look at the persona and you're like, okay, my target audience, you know, has this role and has this type of job. And you don't really understand truly like who these people are. And so, you know, I, I think it's just so valuable to to kind of really take the time to to kind of build that into how we understand our own audiences. How about an example from a different part of, let's call it the company? Yeah, no, um, you know, so what, what's been fascinating, just even kind of coming in for, for user testing, sometimes there's products, right, that are really specific to core single audiences and very purpose built, you know, trying to understand something from a customer's point of view as you can imagine, has a lot of kind of broad use cases. So we see different customers who are, are literally rolling it out to thousands of people in product and engineering teams, design teams, research teams, customer experience teams. Uh, we've also started to see even employee experience teams, you know, thinking about any of the apps or things they're building for their internal employees and are those great experiences or just even internal teams, kind of um, HR teams trying to get feedback on benefits or on, on recruiting? Um, so there's all these different practical kind of use cases and in internal IT teams. So a variety of different ones, you know, one common one for product teams, as you can imagine, whether you're building a digital kind of experience or, uh, you know, a product for, for sale from B2B, people oftentimes use it to, to understand needs and help determine features, or even if you're building the product for the first time, that the hardest thing is trying to find product market fit, right? So people will oftentimes really iterate because what's so valuable on the platform is not just being able to see, right? We call them customer experience narratives, but to like uh -huh. see these narratives of people using the experience. But we also have this amazing contributor network. Um, it's this diverse kind of global network of individuals uh, where you're trying to specifically target an audience, we automatically can find those people, connect them to you, and that's what comes back within hours. And so people will oftentimes, right, as they're trying to find product market fit, <laughs> like designing something. And I've heard so many customers where they're like, yeah, we had to make a quick pivot and find a new audience for our solution. And so they're constantly iterating on like, is are these the problem sets that, you know, are they problems that actually exist? how big are these problems and are people willing to spend money to fix them? Right. Like, and so they'll use the solution for that and then they'll start testing. They'll create different ideas and concepts. And so sometimes it could be really simple, like just writing down the, the definition of what you're trying to build, right? Like almost uh -huh. like a landing page or a word document and getting people to react. Like, would you actually, would you buy this? Like would this, would this be compelling or interesting? And then oftentimes we'll then start seeing people, um, creating things in design tools. And so then people will, you watch them start to use it, 
where do they go? Like, what do they click? Do they get right. lost? And, and they'll, people will, you know, explain to you what's frustrating about it, what they're thinking about it. And then and I, I mentioned kind of the competitive landscape. So, you know, in some sense, a little similar how, it, how I think about it from there's the marketing motion because you're creating uh-huh. a brand, you're creating campaigns, product lands, you're kind of creating products and experience. You're yep. trying to understand similar things and feedback, just kind of different use cases. And what do the testers get, right? Because it's it's almost seems like you are this, uh, I hate to say marketplace because that's not what you are. You're basically, let's call it this online community of testers and what people want to test basically together, right? And so what do the testers get? Yeah, well, we call them contributors because we think they're really... Fantastic. I know. Yep, that's the right way to do impact. it. You know, we, we basically, it's kind of amazing. We get so many people coming to the website every day to be applying to, to be a part of this network. Um, and the demand is so high, we, we actually can't um, allow everyone on. Sometimes it's kind of a selective process. Um, but okay. what we have everyone do is a practice test because I think what's what's a little unique is versus sometimes more of like a survey panel or some other kind of panels uh-huh, um, uh-huh. where the people are more used to just kind of filling out survey responses. What we're trying to find within our network are people who they're not professional, you know, people who do this all the time, but they're they're good at following directions. They're good at thinking their thoughts out loud. We've kind of found this amazing set of people over time and it continues to grow where they're able to, you know, you can give them a set of questions or tasks and they, they kind of share those insights. And most of the time, you know, the reason why we call contributors is when we ask why people join, a lot of times is they're, they're wanting they're wanting to give feedback to these brands, like they want to have a voice. Um, and so there's a lot of motivations. Uh, we also pay an incentive fee for them joining. And uh, it kind of really varies from if they're doing something really quick, like a little short test to, for example, a one hour live conversation with someone on a phone, um, they kind of get different rates. And so we see kind of that dynamic um, over time. But it's it's funny, however, the three years that I've been here were sometimes someone have you ever heard of user testing and sometimes they're like oh yeah like my wife is on it or you know i was talking to an analyst once they're like oh yeah sometimes it's, it's you kind of run into people who've like spent some time doing it or you know some other people so it's all kind of walks of life we internally sometimes are always amazed because people say do you think this person's on you know like do can you find this type of audience and then you're like oh yeah we just found someone who like does experiments on lab rats like they couldn't think they found but then we suddenly found a bunch you know and our musicians out in Tennessee. <laughs> and so it's wow. been interesting. Okay, so so you have a service then that will actually generate or not generate, find audiences also. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So basically um, how it works is the platform directly integrates with this whole network. So it's not a professional services. It's literally you filling out checkboxes of who you're trying right. to target and it automatically finds them. If you have a set of people that you already have relationships with that you're wanting to kind of use our platform with, you can kind of onboard them and bring them into a specialized network yep, just yep. for you. Um, or we even just have little URLs that you can send out to whoever and, and uh, let them use the platform. If I see a Ferrari in a mall that's sponsored by user testing, I'm going to crack out. because <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari in a mall. I love it. I'll tell Paige. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'm like, hey guys, let's test this one out, right? Like, let's park a Ferrari, like win a raffle, join the user testing, right? I don't think you want that that demographic though for to test because uh, they're just very financially motivated. But they could, that could be an experiment. Although it's been interesting, we have had some people use the platform where they've run their own customer conference and then they actually oh. 
because they're trying to get like, for example, all their developers to kind of yes. come in. And so they, they've had like iPads and just on, like live at the conference, recruiting them into their own kind of special panel. Wow. So yeah, lots of interesting. Very cool. It's part of the, the, if you, if you think about it, right, as, as a CMO, right, like you building a community of your customers is absolutely important. What you do with them to keep them engaged because you're the value proposition that everybody, every company says is you're on a journey with us. Yes. And a journey has episodes in it, right? And then, and then people have to do activities and things. And, you know, like it's kind of like play school all over again, right? And so, and at the deep, 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 inherent deep, companies are thinking, well, these people are going to be testers for us, which is fine. It's also a good thing. But then I always sometimes struggle to think like, like well, what are we giving back to those people, right? Because they gave us such valuable information that there's got to be some feed, not maybe feedback loop, but like communication loop or encouragement loop or something like that, that kind of says this deposit that you made, I actually balance it out, right? So what are your thoughts on that? And I know this may be a question you may not want to answer, but like it's, it's I just thought of this as we were talking. Yeah, you know, I, I've actually been building out kind of my marketing team that that focuses kind of on this community as well for all the different contributors and because they, they do have such a huge impact. Yep. And it's nice. We occasionally hear people kind of come back. We have it in our, our monthly newsletter where customers will will write into us to say how valuable like a particular person they were listening to. It was like, oh, this kind of breakthrough perspective that they just never thought of before. And like, oh, that's kind of amazing. You have to thank them. We also have in the platform, you can rate people okay. and you can send feedback directly to them. So sometimes- Oh, this is great. Okay, this is fantastic. And be like, oh, that was so you know helpful. And then you can also reach back out. Like for example, if they have this really interesting kind of perspective that you just want to double click on you can kind of send a follow-up kind of question to them. And, and you could also ask to see if, you know, could you do a live conversation, maybe 30 minutes to kind of talk through it. So there's lots of ways we try to make it a little bit easier to, to find kind of the people. So, okay, um, so it's truly a network that there's bi-directional communication happening. It's not just like, I want you to test this out and then I'll go put some of your features in it, but then people who really care. So that's why you have the, not everybody else can get in because the right type of people need to get in and then they contribute and the contribution is bi-directional. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I wouldn't say that everyone kind of writes back, you know, but we give them that ability to, and, you know, at the same time, you know, people are trying, it's amazing how valuable, right? Like I think you used it, right? And, and when I, sometimes like I do exercises where, you know, I, I believe in, in marketing, one of the main things you're trying to do is articulate needs and problem in a way that makes everyone nod their head, right? Like, yep. you know, and, and so how do you validate that that actually is a problem that people really actually have? And so, you know, I've done ones where I, I create problem statements, have people kind of react to them and, kind of, you know, and, and it's amazing because it's just, you know, you listen and you get all these different insights, you know, you can be in such a bubble, whether it's just in the tech bubble or in marketing bubble or just, you know, I live in Seattle. And so you've gotten certain perspectives in your mind. And then someone kind of comes at it from a different point of view. And it just opens up like, you know, from that point forward, you're always kind of thinking of that person in the insight. And so, yeah, it's incredibly valuable. And I have always appreciated the people who are willing to kind of go on and be in our network and willing to kind of share their thoughts and ideas. All right, top three lessons that you've learned from your years of doing this, right? Like, right. what would we share with, with our audience? 
Maybe the first is, maybe it's what we all try to think we know, but I'm continually humbled by it all the time. <laughs> but it's, you like to think you know best, but right, you, you don't. And so, you know, the whole idea of continuous learning and getting feedback is you have to put yourself out there and you put out your ideas, something that you really believe in and you've created, and then you listen to people react to it. And it's, it's humbling, right? Because you, you're continually reminded that you are not your customer. And I think that is just, you know, something that, that doesn't change. People continually evolve and change. And I think that's just like one big, big lesson. I've got examples I can talk through on, on any of them. But uh, the second lesson is that I just truly believe the real voice of the customer is so powerful, right? Like I think so much, so many leaders, uh, marketers, like what your job is oftentimes is to influence, right? And get people to buy into decisions, buy into positioning. And when you just have your own voice, it just is so different when you have the videos and you're playing the real Mm -hmm. voice of your customers, of your prospects and several of them, because you let these stakeholders do the talking and they can be so much more influential versus you doing it on your own. And then maybe my third is just data can be deceiving, right? It's kind of amazing um, how often we, I still do it all the time, right? You're staring at all these different surveys and web reports, and my pipeline reports, and my MPS scores. And there's all these moments where it's so easy to make assumptions like of why they're a certain way. You know, like if, if they're high, it's, Sometimes you do less analysis when the numbers are good, right? Yep. You're like, oh, yep. it's because I came up with this amazing campaign. Oh, it's because I did this and it's because I did this. And when they're bad, you're like, okay, I wonder what, like, why it is. And you can kind of make out certain things or be comforted by the numbers, but it's not actually the why. And so you're you're making kind of decisions based on on that. And so I think that Sometimes as marketing, we're so trained to always think of scale, right? One to many large volumes of numbers. Yep. And sometimes you're like not convinced by it needs to be a thousand people who said this or something. I, I, it's amazing how the input of even just a few can be so eye-opening and, and really helpful in truly understanding something. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And well said. All right. Well, a resource from you, like a book, a blog, a newsletter, a website, or a video that you would recommend to our listeners? Yeah. Is it uh, too self-promotional if you want to like check out uh, yeah, user yeah. testing slash blog? What we've been trying to do there is provide a variety of different kind of insights for different roles. So as mentioned, okay. so many people have different ones. And then we have a section yep. called Real Human Insight. And so what the team oftentimes does is a variety of other studies and we share some of our learnings and findings and, and we share the videos. And so sometimes if you're just trying to understand, uh, you know, one of the series that we did was around the whole COVID pandemic and how people were feeling through it and how people feel about coming back to the office and how, you know, just a lot of things that that could just be helpful and potentially can have, find some interesting insights that could be helpful for what you're what you're doing. Fantastic. Of all the, let's call it growth marketers that I've met with, Almost every one of them has said, like, get set up to go do a bunch of experiments and uh, and learn and iterate from there. So I feel like your service or your company service, like, is is definitely one that people sh- should utilize. Great. All right. Yes. <laughs> of course. You know, of course. <laughs> we always ask people to share with us two or three other folks who they respect who are in B2B tech, who are either in go-to-market or in data science. Uh, because that's a way for us to bring amazing folks onto the show. And uh, and that's how we all learn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I guess, uh, number one, 
Have you spoken with Seema Kumar yet? She's the CMO of New Relic. She's awesome. No, not yet. Worked with her at Salesforce. We keep in touch. And then old school, someone I used to work with years and years ago, and she's amazing. She's another CMO at um, Total Expert um, in Minneapolis. So Rebecca Martin, I would uh, recommend. And then I was kind of thinking someone, um, Linda West, the VP of Demand Generation and Marketing out the glass door, and she's just a great person. So I thought that maybe... All right. Have fun. She's she's fun to chat with. At what point in time, you know, we have to go do like multiple peoples in in a podcast. Like we don't invite multiple people. We should invite friends. You know, that it'll be, yeah. it'll be it's it's part reunion, right? So there is a there is a personal and social aspect to it, but it's also collective learning, right? And so it would it would be fun. Like I'm I'm saying this because I want our editors to like listen to this. And, like, I know, right? Hur- no, and then hurry up on this idea. Come, yeah. Chime in and be like, yes, yes, do the multiple. <laughs> yes, yes, totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And once people hear this and they want to get connected with you, what would be the best way for them to get connected? LinkedIn is probably the best. I think it's Michelle okay. underscore Huff. You know, I usually like it if people reach out to, to kind of explain how they know, because I, I get I usually try to connect with people that I have met or some, kind yep. of have some form of relationship with. So I'd like to always kind of hear directly from you. Yeah. And and I always also say this, if you're going to reach out to a C-level exec, please be specific with your ask. Do not say random stuff because they have no idea to action this. And in most cases, like at least if you're if you get in touch with somebody as friendly as Michelle, you'll just get a smiley face back and then then that's it. <laughs> well, great, Michelle. Thank you so much for coming on this show. Uh, I've taken, as I always tell people, a bunch of notes. And this is this is great. And so thank you for educating me and by virtue of being 7,000 other people get educated. Best of luck on your journey. Thank you. And thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers. 